It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Welcome to the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business markets. I'm Kyle Rotter here, as always. Well, it has been always recently. Mm. Danny Akuye. Uh, Danny, a good start to the week, I think uh, it's fair to say. Yeah, it is a good start to the week. Uh, I'm looking at about almost three-tenths of a percent rise on the market or a quarter percent rise on the SIBO 200, or is that the ASX 200? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's interesting. So what I thought stood out, and I wish I had a very intelligent answer, but we've actually seen a strong rally in the real estate sector today, and it could be a case of the laggards uh, catching up. And uh, information technology quite firm, consumer discretionary quite firm, uh, energy and materials lagging. We'll talk about China a little bit later on. Mm. And uh, some of the other sectors, not really a lot happening um, there. But um, yeah, a great start in terms of another nice rise on the market. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, 0.26% for the ASX 200, 0.25 as you can see there on the uh, SIBO 200. But let's crack on to the three themes, shall we? And uh, well, there's a few things to pick up on. First, I thought was just banking on the banks. Yeah. Uh, we had really strong results out of the US banks on Friday night. We did see financials pair back the gains, um, th- their gains throughout the session. It was a very strong start for for our big uh, banks before, I think closing what, 0.4% higher, but um, yeah, really exceeding expectations and maybe allaying some of the concerns uh, about the impacts of that financial instability we saw in the US last month. Well, I mean, just um, from what I could glean, uh, having a look was um, those big banks have really been huge beneficiaries of Mm. those regional problems. And that was as clear as day. The net interest income for those large banks, I think it was up 59% across the board for those three. So Wells Fargo, City and JP Morgan that reported. And uh, you have to start to question after those results that beat in terms of earnings and revenue, and they haven't passed on all the rises in terms of interest rate rises onto their deposit base. I was just wondering, and I haven't seen anything to date, but you know, maybe there is more bad news down the track because this certainly was a positive surprise and you could see by the share price movements with the likes of JP Morgan and Citi being the two top performing stocks in the S&P 500 on Friday. Yeah, it does raise a question, doesn't it? If the banks are in a strong position and you know, if this means that perhaps there's consolidation going on, that the Fed can feel a little bit more comfortable with this financial stability <laughs> mandate and focus back on inflation, which means that, well, maybe they'll feel more emboldened to, to yeah, obviously maybe. push higher with rate hikes. So maybe. Um, obviously, uh, several layers of complexity there, but still good. And it's did rub off on our banks today. In terms of the other um, uh, themes that we're watching today, well, ASX 200, we already touched on that, but yep. uh, China, 
uh, all eyes on it, mostly yep. because of the data tomorrow, but it would seem uh, some efforts from the PBOC today to um, we'll pump a little bit of liquidity in its fi- to its financial system and you know, provide a just extra touch of support for its uh, financial markets. Absolutely. Um, from what I was looking at, we have had a fall in, in the iron ore futures. They were off about 2% and that may account for some of the weakness that we're seeing in the material stocks. But you're absolutely right. The PBOC has been pumping quite a lot of liquidity into China to try and help that recovery go forward. And And uh, listening to some of the experts that I've just uh, had on, they are looking for probably an improvement in China's economic growth. And uh, so we'll have to wait and see how those GDP numbers come out. Yeah, and of course, we'll get all the uh, partials that come out once a month as well. Retail sales, fixed asset investment, the whole lot might be the story of the day tomorrow to to, to follow. But uh, we'll just get across the the, the different sectors of the market very quickly. Uh, We already mentioned the banks uh, having a reasonable session out there broadly higher. Uh, Westpac more or less flat, we'll, we'll, we have to say. But ANZ up 1%, uh, NAB up 0.88%. The Commonwealth Bank, not far from $100 per share mm. once again. Mm. Uh, Macquarie cracking through 180 bucks per share as well. Uh, the minus two, as you uh, noted, uh, the real kind of laggard in the market, generally speaking, but it might actually be a bit of a gold story we can see there because BHP, Rio, Fortescue, all edging high for the session, uh, but some big losses sustained for the gold plays. In fact, that's the next uh, area in the market that I did want to look at. Newcrest, you can see there on your screen, down 2.3%. The broader gold space, however, uh, let's get, there you go. Yeah, very, some very prop- broad, profit-taking, broad very much coming, coming in there. And uh, you saw that as well overnight in, on Friday, um, you know, US time. Um, the gold price moving down a bit. Mm. So, uh, and also strengthen the US dollar. The Aussie dollar was very weak on Friday. So probably after such a strong performance that we've seen in the gold sector, some profit taking starting to come through um, in that sector. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, an area that's very sensitive, as we know. We've spoken about extensively to, to interest rate expectations. We have had, uh, I suppose, some marginal shifts now where it may is almost a, a done deal for the Fed if you do look at futures markets. So uh, that dynamic strengthening the US dollar slightly and also obviously boosting interest rate expectations is never good for gold. But um, Danny, let's get to the stock of the day. And actually, you know what? Uh, I might get you to introduce this one because <laughs> you were the host for the first time on the call today. They've never given me that. But I don't try. I don't blame them for not trusting cool. me with uh, that the, the illustrious franchise that is the call. But uh, Danny, uh, you took it. Uh, the stock of the day. Yes, Bank of Queensland, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. Two guests um, and two different views. One was that it was actually a buy, and uh, that it had probably been oversold. But um, you might have to wait a little bit because there is a lot of restructuring going on there. But interestingly enough, we have a new chairman, Warwick Negus, for the those who recognize that name. He is quite a grand fromage out in the world of uh, finance and investing. And uh, and uh, then the other guest was a little bit more sanguine over Bank of Queensland. So I think, are we going to cross to Yeah, we'll see what uh, Daniel Ortiz and David Lane had to say about their views on Bank of Queensland. Uh, what was a little bit disappointing in their their result or their pre-announcement was the fact that their net interest margins were lower. Um, 
So, you know, their net interest margin, we're forecasting about 1.8%, which is compared to a number of the, the major banks, which are now over 2%. So that's a, a bit of a disappointment for them. Um, and, yeah, think that there, there is value in the stock and, and those that are prepared to uh, stay with it over the long term will be rewarded. But having said that, over the last 12 or 18 months, it's been an underperformer uh, and shareholders have been disappointed with the, the performance today. One of the positives, though, was that there were some concerns whether or not there might have actually been fines um, applied to BOQ due to their um, some of the non-financial risk mm. measures, so investments in cybersecurity mm. and AML and things like that. And fortunately, there wasn't any penalties. Perhaps if it was one of the big four, APRA would have uh, reacted differently. But um, we thought that was a positive. But we're probably a little bit more negative overall in the stock. It actually has one of the most challenged funding structures out of all of our banks, um, certainly the highest cost funding structure and for that reason alone we're probably looking to exit potentially after the next dividend but you know we, we want to keep that dividend that they'll be coming up in the next report but um potentially looking to to decrease our exposure after that so likely more on the cautious side even though it is cheap Okay, so Bank of Queensland will not be going to the investment committee. But uh, Danny, uh, the view today, obviously you were uh, behind it once again, uh, and it was on the banks. It was on the banks, so just really providing a little bit of a summary, what happened over in the US, and what we are looking for in terms of the Australian banks. Obviously, Bank of Queensland is going to have their official half-yearly result. Um, But just in terms of where the concerns are out there for the Australian banks, and that will be very much the analyst looking at the net interest margins going forward, credit quality, provisioning for bad debts. There's also some competition there in the mortgage market. So I feel when you look at the US banks, those big banks have just done incredibly well off the regional ones. And as far as we can see, Bank of Queensland might be a special situation in terms of a regional bank, but clearly some weakness there and it is a much cheaper stock in terms of its valuation. But uh, I think probably with the upcoming banking results here in Australia, we will learn a lot more about the state of the Australian economy. Yeah, without a doubt, it's going to be incredibly exciting, only a few weeks away now. But um, well, let's perhaps get to our guest for the COB today and get his view on the banks. Adam Dawes from Toronto Partners joins us live via Skype. Uh, Dawsey, great to see you there. Thank you so much. Uh, Just your view, broadly speaking, on the banks right now, because they seem to catch a little bit of an uplift from those good results in in the States. I mean, is there much to cheer about when it comes to our uh, local local banks? Yeah, look, there's lots to cheer about. And certainly, um, yeah, the, the banks have been an interesting one going forward. And Coming through, absolutely, if Danielle's right, as far as the uh, net interest margin, you've got to be mindful of that. And CBA got a little bit of a whack from 110 down to sort of $92, opening at $100 today. But look, it, it, you know, it, that net interest margin was probably as good as it, as it was going to get as of last year, and then hence why uh, the margin started to come back. Look, I don't mind uh, NAB at these levels. They've been taking a lot of uh, small to medium enterprise businesses or SMEs. They've been definitely getting some market share there as well. And look, it's a, certainly it's a tussle really, isn't it, between the banks. The problem is that some of the banks at the moment have been so competitive that they're writing loans that aren't actually washing its own face or in fact, it's not making money for them. So you have to be a little bit careful there. 
But, you know, we've got the big four, but look, everyone, no one, I don't even think we're talking about Macquarie and Macquarie at $180, I yeah. think it's an absolute steal there. Yeah. So you should definitely be looking at putting uh, Macquarie into the portfolio. Bank of Queensland for me is, an, is a definite no. I don't like the regionals. Um, they need to get a lot bigger to compete with the big four plus Macquarie. So I would stay clear of the regionals going forward. They're price uh, takers, not price makers when they need to borrow cash. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, certainly uh, NAB looks good for value-wise. CBA looks still looks a little bit expensive up here. Um, but yeah, a nice to catch a bit of a tailwind from the US uh, overnight made our banks look pretty good today. So Adam, it wouldn't be appropriate not to discuss property when we're discussing banks. <laughs> and uh, although it's slightly, you know, it's it's not directly, well, it is property, it's the REITs today. They were really, really firm. And uh, I was just wondering, do you think they were just doing a little bit of a, 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 I suppose, a catch up given that they'd been so oversold off the back of all the concerns over US commercial property? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, I guess it's the rhetoric from the RBA last week also, as well as potentially the Fed, that they that they aren't going to be raising rates consistently all the way through this year. And potentially it's only going to be one or maybe two more rate rises that we might see uh, for that, which then allows the REITs to start to get back on their feet as well. So, yeah, I think it's a lot of, to do with that rhetoric from the RBA saying that, look, um, you know, the prices, are, uh, sorry, interest rates, we can see the top of the hill and potentially we might see some interest rate cuts coming through uh, in Melbourne Cup Day or early next year as well. So, yeah, it's good to see a bit of green on the on the screen for the REITs at the moment. So just in terms of this kind of China story to start the week, I mean, it's sort of capturing our attention a little bit with some moves from policymakers as well as uh, obviously some moving and shaking when it comes to our, our miners, so uh, influential in the overall market. I mean, are you still yep. sort of waiting for signs that there's a, a little bit more to come from, from China in terms of growth or at least intentions to, to, to boost growth before becoming, say, bullish on the miners? Or, I mean, how do you view that space in p- particular? Yeah, so I think the Chinese rhetoric or, or, or the, the Chinese market, they've pivoted a little bit or changed their rhetoric a little bit that it's not going to be such an infrastructure-led uh, recovery. So in other words, not putting money into the, the, the buildings and apartments and things like that, which BHP, Rio and Fortescue definitely are benefiting from. The rhetoric has now changed to be more of a consumer-led recovery. And that consumer-led recovery is, is obviously that they are going to be boosting people's via via tax or via stimulus for them to go out and spend more money inside of China or or, or whatnot. Now that definitely lends itself to a treasury wine estates, which will do well when that consumer-led recovery starts to happen. And we have started to see TWE just kicking up a little bit over the last coming couple of days on the potential that um, that might happen. There also talk about barley also getting uh, taking the tariffs off on that. So, you know, these are the kind of things that I think that you'll sort of need to look in the portfolio instead of the miners, potentially look at that consumer-led side of things uh, and certainly something like a TWE is in the box seat to take advantage of that. And, uh, Carl, you and I, you know, we, we love sitting down uh, opening a bottle of Grange together, so it's, it's going to be good. Well, we've certainly had a few good times, Adam and I, but um, I've got to ask an area of the market that hasn't uh, had a great time today but has had a, a good run up until recently is just the, the gold plays. I mean, is, do you have uh, much of a, 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 I mean, it's sort of a divisive one sometimes whether you like gold or not, but I mean, do you have any of the gold miners that you have on your watch list or even perhaps been talking to your clients about you know, having in their portfolios to get exposure to, to, to the run up in gold prices? 
Yeah, look, it's great to see that the gold stocks are actually starting to move again. You know, it's really, it's been such a long time. We've all been calling gold, have to have 5% of your portfolio in gold, you have to do this. All of those kinds of things I think is really, really uh, essential uh, for everything. But it's great to see these uh, gold plays starting to move. What I'm looking for is some of those undervalued plays that are in the market because potentially there could be some uh, merger and uh, some takeovers that are going to happen with that. And I think some of those gold plays, um, one that we've covered here at Shaw's Black Cat VC8 is an interesting one. It's a smaller cap stock and it is certainly undervalued at the moment. But going to the big end of town, we know Newmont has a mine life of around seven years, whereas Newcrest has got a mine life of over 20 years plus. So Newmont, Barrick, they need to continually now buy these companies or buy these businesses to keep the run of mine life going. And that's exactly why they're going for Newcrest. Certainly a little bit of profit taking in the gold sector today, which is totally understandable because gold was off around sort of $40 over over the weekend. So that's uh, a, a direct reaction to that. But I still feel that the gold price still has a long way to go to the upside. And I'm comfortable to keep buying the Northern Stars or the evolutions of the world, but certainly Northern Star. But then look a tier down uh, to some of those undervalued gold stocks because I think there could be some more uh, corporate activity happening in that space over the next six to 12 months. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Adam. I think that that's a great place to stop. All that glitters is gold. I've even, dare I say, got a goldy shirt on today. So there you, you go. <laughs> anyway, lovely to chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. Adam Zawals from Shore & Partners there. Okay, well, let's get on to what we'll be keeping an eye out on tonight. And I guess, uh, well, sorry, that's uh, that's tomorrow, I should say. My apologies. Uh, China's uh, data dump, GDP, mm-hmm. uh, we've already spoken about, are going to be very significant, waiting for signs of a stronger pulse out of that economy. Uh, and the RBA minutes too. We might get a little bit of light shed on, well, I guess what they may or may not do perhaps mm. in May. Yeah, absolutely. What I think is really interesting is, uh, and it's only an observation, is housing prices in Sydney are starting to pick up again. So it will be interesting to see what the RBA is saying around, you know, managing constantly uh, this whole, you know, tightrope with the amount of debt that Australians have exposed to housing and yet the wealth effect if the housing market starts to improve again. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, well, that mortgage rate cliff that's, uh, that we keep mm. uh, waiting for. Um, hopefully, uh, we don't end up sort of, a, I don't know, wily coyote over, over the precipice. Um, or, you know, we're not at that point right now. But uh, anyway, uh, just a note too, we do have US earnings tonight. Charles Schwab is, uh, is on the cards, so going to be another big one. Yeah. Okay, so let's go and look at the leaders and laggards now. Danny, uh, looks look, <laughs> Lake Resources. Yeah. yeah, they had some news out today. And uh, I was just noticed that they have actually picked up uh, another six and a half percent. Oh, sorry, they've picked up their stake in the Kachi project, you know, Lilac has, up to 20%. So that led that one higher. And uh, email payments is not on there, but there was some corporate news today mm. about that restructuring. Um, apart from that, interesting, Star Entertainment, maybe that's finally finding some love after all the problems that they've had with the regulators. Yeah, well, uh, normally it would be on the lag side of the board, it has to be said, over the last 12 months with all the regulatory issues that 
the uh, casino has faced, but up 6% today. And again, I don't think that was necessarily on any news, not that no. I could see there. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for that because maybe that's a, a sign that, well, perhaps uh, the bottom is in. We'll uh, keep an eye out, obviously, uh, over the coming days to see whether it follows through. Asana Mining uh, up by 11.54%. And, well, the lithium names, we uh, have to have at least one on the leaders and laggards a day. It's a volatile space, but nevertheless, that one, uh, that stock up by about 11.5%. Centuria Capital as well, up by 3.66%. Yeah, following along with the all the REITs that were a lot stronger today, which Adam explained, um, you know, expectations that we're not looking at uh, too many more rate rises here in Australia. Fingers crossed. Well, let's uh, look at the laggards now. And I dare say there'll be a bit of gold on there and some of those higher beta gold plays, I guess you could say, are, well, pretty much dominating the, 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 the list there. Um, and you hope too, yep. uh, Coldplay. And Regis um, basically had a downgrade. It's uh. just worth noting that they updated guidance and they've got lower than expected uh, gold output in the March quarter. So they kind of had a double whammy with the profit taking as well as that downgrade there. But yeah, very much all the laggards sitting really in that gold sector. Yeah. Profit taking, which is no surprise given how much they've gone up recently. Yeah, definitely. And we spoke about the macro factors too uh, behind the, the little dip in the gold price that we got on Friday night. But I mean, I had a several conversations actually today, Danny, um, with, with some folks about you know whether they'd be allocated in gold. And I mean, if you were invested in the ASX All Ordinaries uh, Gold Index from the start of the year, you've seen double digit returns. Now, obviously you don't mm. keep, well, most people don't keep 100% of their portfolio in gold. Some people do, I've met them, but uh, still uh, it's a bit of a drop in the ocean when it, ha- uh, it has to be said when it's uh, this pullback when it comes to the run up we have seen in gold prices. So there are the laggards, it's a, it's a gold kind of a sell off. And we'll quickly run through the small caps now because we always learn a few different names. And, oh, there ah, is EML. EML, absolutely. Yes, I mean, um, poor EML shareholders, they've been very long suffering, but just mm. worth noting that there is a new um, temporary or interim CEO, Kevin Murphy, who's go- he's taking over and replacing uh, the former CEO, Emma Shand, who'd only actually been there for 10 months and they're going to continue to cut costs. They're looking at restructuring the business. So I'm sure holders of that stock will be very happy to see that the activist investor that's now on the share register there is starting to make a difference. Okay, so uh, a big move there. Let's uh, look at the laggards now. AMA, they also had a big earnings downgrade, Uh, worse than expected margin compression. And uh, clearly, uh, you know, shareholders were not happy with that. So, yes, downgrade on that one. Yeah, and actually, we've seen a couple of cold plays coming through. And I always have to say cold, not cold play when I yeah. say that because uh, my horrendous Australian accent, uh, you know, it makes the, the D's disappear some, <laughs> sometimes there. Uh, but coal plays were, were actually generally weaker today too. And you can see, yeah. well, a company that I have just learned of today, uh, Tiger's Realm Coal down 30%. Might have been on company specific, specific news but there was some uh, coal weakness but gee one one cent it's really starting to not feel the love yeah well there's (laughs) only one way that one can go by the dip eh? not general advice only okay uh so that is it and uh well we have seen the cbo 200 finish 0.24 percent 0.25 percent higher i should say and the asx 200 in fact Finished around have that about for you. Yeah, that well, is up about 0.27 percent, or 19 spot nine points to 7,381 spot five. So, yep, 
another another up day. It's yeah. going to be an interesting week. Absolutely. Really interesting. Yeah, huge. US earnings, macroeconomic data. The big you, Tesla. Tesla's coming yeah. up. Yeah, Netflix. Uh, Netflix is in there too. Yeah, the list goes on and then you'll have a few Fed speakers who want to make their opinion known. Uh, just make sure <laughs> they get their head out there before they walk off into the sunset and get on the, the uh, lucrative speaking circuit. That's what it's all about. Uh, so they'll, I'm sure, shake up the markets too, just like they did on Friday night. But uh, Danny, with all that said, you reckon uh, we wrap it up for another day? Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, remember, you can catch up on all the views and interviews and news on our website and app. Have a great night. Cheers. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.